Thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joy Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, the assistant pastor of Keyboards and Keyboards. I'm Jim Wilson, and I'm not sure what I'm doing today. <laughs> I'm Dave McMurray, teaching pastor. Well, Julia, if you're watching, stop printing stuff. I could hear it. <laughs> Just kidding. Chris ruined... Uh, oh, now she's calling. Even worse. <laughs> Jim, oh, you're worse than the printing. <laughs> well, I was going to say Chris ruined everything today, but now everybody's ruined everything. Um, ruined. Chris took his microphone home to record Two Gun Henry, mm. which if you haven't seen, it's at bgrace.org slash Two Gun Henry. <laughs> Um, not really. It's on YouTube at youtube.com. YouTube.b. Right? Isn't that how it's on the internet. YouTube.b. Uh, anyways, it's out there. It's fun. Just I went search on Facebook. five-year-old gunslinger and you'll find it. I, I don't know what you'll Maybe find. Maybe not. I, uh, I definitely went on Facebook to find it. So you're welcome, Chris. I, I don't usually go on Facebook and I did to find the video. It was fun. I especially love Brooke riding you as a horse shooting or uh, yelling uh what does she yell holler holler she yeah. hollers she doesn't yell she hollers. she hollers that was probably my favorite part as well i really enjoyed i that. watched it at a gas station in oklahoma but, <laughs> that's awesome yeah so i think that's the place to watch two gun henry. Yeah. well two gun henry is a tale of a young no just kidding uh, uh speaking of two gun henry today is dave's birthday so if you didn't know happy birthday david Happy birthday, Ava. Ava came this last week also. She's four days old. She's four days old. So I'm going to change my name to Deva. Uh, instead of Davida, you'll call her Deva? Or your no, name I'll call me Deva to honor Ava. Okay. So y'all have to call me Deva now. I did find out that her middle name is after her father, which yeah. I had no clue about ah. until last night and thought, huh, I would have never thought that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But it is. We'll leave it at that because we don't want to give away her security questions. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Dude, I saw a post about people on podcasts just say too much stuff and then they're giving away all their bank security questions. So trying to be more careful about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, My children's social security numbers are. um, (laughs) So we're we're moving on to a new series. We finished our Church is Not What You Think series, Mm -hmm. which was from uh, Titus. Titus. Yeah, that's where we were, right? Yeah, yeah. And now we're on uh, the Art of Prayer series. Mm-hmm. It's not the science of prayer. It's the mm-hmm. Art of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, six or seven week series. That's right. Leading the last one to... was seven or eight. This one will be six or seven. Okay, cool. We always want to leave a little wiggle room in there. So. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Never know if the Spirit's going to move you to right. another week. Got to be ready. Well, this is our, our Lenten series. Mm-hmm. Lent starts on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So eat all the junk food you can now. Get it mm-hmm. in before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lent starts on Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is Wednesday. Yep. Ash don't, Wednesday is on Wednesday this year. Don't come here if you want ashes because we don't have them for mm-hmm. you. But, but we will eat a lot on Tuesday if you want to come here for Fat Tuesday. Eat ashes? Are we? No, eat a lot of food. Are you sponsoring Fat Tuesday? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have spoken so soon. <laughs> all right, we'll back off. M&M's for everyone. <laughs> Only a All All right, well... Uh, if our audio quality is crummy, that's where I started with. It's Chris's fault. Mm. He took the microphone home to record Two Gun Henry. Mm. And so, Logan, if you're listening, we switched to one mic. And so, if the quality's horrible, we're sorry. If it's great, thanks, Logan. Yes. And uh, me, then it'll be my fault too, right? If it's good, good or bad. If it's I don't good. know. I don't know if we no, can you only get blamed for the good. It's only the bad. God gets Darn all the it. good. Chris gets all the bad. Well, that's, that's your Enneagram anyway, right? You only want credit for the bad. This is going to be, we're changing our name to Judgment Bible Church. <laughs> All right. Wait, no, we're not supposed to do that. All right, cool. One Mike Logan. One Mike Logan. Two Gun Henry and One Mike Logan. That's the name of this episode. Oh, I love it. All right, well, the new series is about talking to God, the art of prayer. Um, I guess I don't really know where to start. So six, seven weeks, it's going to be topical. 
So we'll be all over the place. This week we're in Matthew chapter 6, mm-hmm. looking at verse 1 through verse 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, in context, that's in the Beatitudes. Sermon on the Mount, right in the, the middle. time mm-hmm. frame. Uh, I don't know, any other background context to Matthew 6 that we should know before we start? It's a polemic against the spirituality of the Pharisees. So it's, in Matthew, it's the big, what? What is polemic? Polemic. I'm glad you Professor, asked. Professor Davida, Deva? Uh, Professor Deva? Deva. Jesus is Deva? picking a fight with the Pharisees. Oh. An open public fight. So it's like, especially the way Matthew frames it, you know, there's this like important waves of his ministry and it's like, here's his big public debut in ministry and he's going straight for the jugular. He's mm-hmm. attacking their surfacey spirituality. The religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So he's Pharisees. purposely picking a fight. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other background info we should know about Matthew chapter 6? Nope. That's it. That's all you have to know. Okay. <laughs> Don't study anymore. Yeah. No more. But the whole series, what's what's the idea for the broader series? Just to focus on prayer. So want to do a prayer series this is a good time to do it. There's a Lent emphasis on prayer and fasting in a lot of traditions. Uh, joked about in the sermon, we don't by no means see the church calendar as authoritative, especially don't agree with the doctrine of the folks that produce the church calendar. But it is a pretty widespread tradition of observance and marking time. And so we want to kind of reclaim that time and uh, try to have a gospel-centered time of prayer and fasting. So been inviting our church into that for maybe four or five years now, producing a little prayer guide. Um, and so then I thought, hey, let's go ahead and do a sermon series to go with with that. So this is kind of adding to something we've already been doing a little more under the hood for the last few years. Can you talk about the Resurrection Prayer Guide? Is that something we have now? Yeah, it's available. You can pick up hard copies here. I guess we can make digital copies available. I'm put, yeah, I'm going to put that out today. Okay. Um, and it's basically just a few verses and a prayer for every day. It's got some instruction on fasting for beginners, I guess, some basic instruction on fasting, how to do fasting in a gospel-centered way. It's real easy to slip into um, a works-based dynamic with with fasting. But anyway, we'll get to that because it's in the Mm -hmm. text. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so this week in the Art of Prayer series... Oh, sorry... New series, new graphics. You want to talk about any graphic-y mm. thingies? Oh, um, I didn't go too crazy. I found a great picture. I was, uh, I guess the farthest I got <laughs> was, so our picture is like, an, it's a nature scene, kind of like looking from the top of a waterfall down over a lake and mountains. And um, I, w- I, did, I did choose that because um, I think prayer is so... For me, it's kind of this invisible interaction. It's this kind of more spirit-based thing. And so there's all these metaphors in scripture of the spirit um, being like, um, well, there's psalms about the roar of God's waterfall and there's there's the movement of of the spirit as as the wind. And so there's like clouds and there's also just this upward upward gaze kind of thing. So I added in some birds and there's also that whole dove metaphor with... (laughs) this Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And um, so I, I kind of wanted that to be also connected to real life, like being out in nature and seeing what God has created. Um, and the only thing like really designy <laughs> that I did was uh, I tried to do a, like kind of a quotation mark looking symbol, but that is also up and down arrows to show kind of an interactive. Um, it should be both ways as much as we, wrestle with that it is a, a mm. two-way a two-way communication so that's uh yeah that's kind of the stuff cool my wife likes the orange <laughs> like the orange looks really nice all right cool it's uh, I like it third favorite color third favorite <laughs> well thanks for bringing it out for us <laughs> yeah it looks really good cool. goes and it matches the lichen mm. the lichen has no symbolic value but mm. it Pretty. But it's still beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As yeah. long as you were being authentic in your art, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Um, authentic spirituality from Matthew chapter six, verse one through eighteen, was the title of this week's sermon. 
Uh, and you, you did mention that you went back and forth on authentic, that mm-hmm. you were thinking about different words, maybe, mm-hmm. etc. Um, would you talk about your main title of authentic spirituality, why you chose authentic over other options, etc.? Mm-hmm. So we did, we, we thought about, I'll start with the negative first. We thought about not using it because it's an overused phrase. And then I thought, well, I think it's the best word. So we'll, we'll just kind of talk about that. Yeah, this is an overused phrase in our culture. And we, we have a biblical definition of it here. Specifically, authentic is the best word because he contrasts a secret and deep relationship with your heavenly father with a mask wearing the word hypocrite is like wearing a mask, doing a performance, faking it. So it just seemed like authentic is the best way to describe that contrast, you know? Um, and so, yeah. So I feel like Jesus is defining that. And I was trying to kind of tie that all together with the, the things that, that are done in other spiritual traditions, but Jesus is saying, make sure you do it authentically, not fakely is fakely a word. No fakish. I don't know, Deva. With fakeness? I don't know, Deva. <laughs> so. So, uh, what are some other options? Genuine, maybe? Genuine. 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 Either one. What? Um. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, <laughs> what other options did, were you thinking through instead of authentic? Oh, uh, I started with with talking talking with God, the series title, as, the, as a sermon title. I was like, yeah, that's kind of... I'm kind of pushing it there. Um, and I kind of moved back from there. I think there's a sense in which prayer, fasting, and giving are all related and overlapping and kind of like prayer, kind of like talking to God. And I was like, yeah, it's, I'm forcing it for the sake of the series. So I went to talking authentically, and then I ended up with authentic spirituality. Uh, last night, Brad said... The definition of authentic is recognizing yourself as the only true author or something. <laughs> is that true or did he make that up? <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I think that's that is a definition in our world. I wouldn't I would assume that's not in the dictionary. Ooh, I have a dictionary in my phone. I can look. I think Chris has beaten you to it. No. What's the definition <laughs> of authentic? It doesn't Thanks. count if you use your voice. Of undisputed origin. Oh. Genuine. Made or done in the traditional or original way, based on facts, accurate or reliable. Yeah, I don't. The third definition is true to one's nature, true to oneself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that still lines up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ding ding ding! Sorry about all the noise, guys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's all right. Nobody else could hear it but me. So me and everyone else, just not you guys. Um, All right, cool. Well, your three points were about giving, praying, and fasting. I think it was just authentic giving, authentic prayer, authentic fasting. I don't know. I didn't look all the way through. Yeah, I said I. That was where my notes are different than the. Yeah. Jim has an answer for what you actually said. Give, pray, fast. Right. Giving, praying, fast. (laughs) <laughs> praying fast or fasting it was fast so his points were giving praying fast but on the slides it said give pray fast Did yeah it? what i said doesn't always match what's on the slides we have a problem here with what i said or in the notes or my notes or yeah well i change my mind over and over and over again up until the very last minute and then sometimes i'll send in the information to the slide person and not change what's in my notes. So then I step into the pulpit with notes that don't match the slides. Well, I mean, I'll look over your shoulder mm-hmm. on a Sunday and like, it'll be the last song and you're like on your yeah. notes. Like, <laughs> yep. I'm like, Oh Dave, no, why did you do that? Don't know. There's a Myers-Briggs indicator for that. Is there? What is it? Perceiver rather than judger. I'm like 100% perceiver. That means I like to leave my options open. Mm. cool anything about your introduction we talked some sorry cool yeah. oh, yep. <laughs> that was my good transition Woo-hoo. moving yeah. on um <laughs> anything else about introduction i think we are i looking over your notes and i think we already covered most of those things in mm-hmm. before we even got into it mm-hmm. uh fcf uh the fcf the fallen condition focus is uh, if you're in trouble with your parents don't fake that you're borrowing a christian album to try to cover up the bad thing you did. That was so awesome. How to? Mm, 
It's like a comic yeah, book. That works. It's okay. like a comic book episode. Yeah. We stole the car and we're driving down and we duck down <laughs> so the parents don't see us. Class. And then, just... like, we'll borrow a tape to cover it all up. <laughs> Maybe my life is just more boring than everyone else's, but I always feel like those are made up. Yeah, that, it was, was so that good made it felt up? made up. Yeah. It was, so was totally real. Every part of it was real. Yeah. Boss, can I say it was totally real? Yeah, it was totally real. <laughs> Just kidding, I believe I it. mean, I'm thinking back to try to think if there was any part I embellished. I, I would say, yeah. So I would, you, you pace yourself differently to tell a story for a sermon to try to highlight certain parts, but every part of that definitely happened exactly how it Yeah. Yeah, I doubted it for a second, and then I was like, mm-hmm. no, I had a friend who legitimately stole his parents' car. Yeah. I wasn't there for it, mm-hmm. but it was, like, one of my best friends, and mm-hmm. it definitely changed his life. Couldn't get a driver's license for a long time, etc. Oh, wow. But, Whoa. dude, his parents left town. <laughs> Their family van was parked, like, in the garage, and the dad's car was parked right behind it. Dad took his keys with him, but the keys to the van were there, so that he got a bunch of his friends to come and Move. literally lift the car physically back out the van yeah. and then do it back but huh. something happened like the parents would have never known except like a cousin's mm. mom saw him or something was like texted his or called his mom back then and was like hey anita i saw you on the five she's like Number. we were going to youth group i had to go to a church meeting no their van it was pretty high tech at the time i don't remember what they had maybe like a honda odyssey or something this is like I don't know, 90s. But their van had the thing where the radio got louder as you got faster. Oh, so dude yeah. was flying on the freeway to get the radio. To- <laughs> that was bad. Bad news. But, and he wasn't even trying to go to church. So, uh, anyways, main point number one, authentic giving, not generosity. Uh, from verses one through, I don't know. Four. One through four. four. Okay. One through four. Anything that we need to know about that? Background information? Things you changed? Things you left out? Uh, I left out recommending the book When Helping Hurts, but I would recommend it now. You should read the book When Helping Hurts by Fickert. We recommend that book a lot. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I get tired of recommending it. So. <laughs> I thought it was interesting in, in small group... Uh, so we talked through the points mm-hmm. and definitely I think we spent the most time on giving and that was just an indicator of our, I think of our culture and our, mm-hmm. yeah, like, uh, we had a, a long discussion about just giving to the poor and should you give money versus food or something, you mm-hmm. know, tangible. And yeah, it was just really interesting. But looking back on the whole flow of the thing is like, oh, wow. So money really hits us where it hurts them mm-hmm. a lot, like mm-hmm. out of these three. Um, so we, we yeah oh go ahead, ahead. Are you no, done? Go ahead. Yeah. i was gonna say we spent a lot of time talking about how the three are really connected mm-hmm. in our group uh i don't remember exactly how we got there or what it was but mm-hmm. the the strong connection between giving praying and fasting hmm. uh do you remember exactly what we were yeah saying? well i mean i think giving or praying and fasting it's more clear because we talk about fasting as a way to help you pray but then giving too, there's this sense that, well, you're giving something up, in a, in a sense, with all of them, and you can give up something for fasting to give something to somebody else. Um, and also, giving to the poor, in a sense, is helping being the person that's answering their prayer, you know, like they're praying, God help me, and you get to be the person that helps them, you know? And it makes sense that Jesus would start there because that's the most tangible to us, is, mm-hmm. you know, what we're what we have mm-hmm. and we can mm-hmm. do with mm-hmm. and actually touch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad brought up the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the three kind of, I guess, temptations of First John, which mirror the temptations of Christ in the wilderness and mirror the temptations of Eve by the serpent in Genesis 3. And he thought, hmm, maybe these are answers to those three temptations. So... I've still got to do a research project to track that down, but it sounded intuitively sounded like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The thought I had, which has been said before, but maybe I was thinking it in a different way. The just keeping track of the narrative we have of how, how say money entered our bank account (laughs) and you know, like Mm -hmm. how often it really is in our heads, this, uh, the world's against me. 
Mm -hmm. I'm scraping by. Mm -hmm. Even people who like are really great at budgeting maybe have a even more of a temptation of like, this is the thing. This is the pile of gold I fought for and mm-hmm. no one else was helping me get this and i got it here mm. and therefore i there's a tighter hold on that mm. you know as as opposed to this is all the grace of god every good thing is from him mm-hmm. and and we can be more generous does that make sense like mm-hmm. but really like being aware of that what is the narrative in your head of of what made this happen is, mm. was it was it you as an orphan all on your own by your own effort amassing wealth or was it i deserve nothing and everything good is is god's everything is god's you know Mm -hmm. um so i thought that was a maybe a helpful mental exercise to go down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be easier to give if you believe god gave to you if you don't you're gonna not want to i mean it's it's almost a necessary prerequisite prerequisite for accurate giving right Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. kind of tied to that giving in secret idea Mm -hmm. of like you could give in secret even wrongly right Mm -hmm. and so if you're not giving because christ gave to you then you're who cares you can give all day long yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. i think so i thought too y'all can argue with me on this i don't know but you're wrong yes good thank you that's what i needed (laughs) and it's all your fault (laughs) it's all my fault (laughs) I, I was thinking too, also to just like square away that that the, vis- the visibility thing can be actually a an okay motivator to get your heart right or to long to have your heart right. So when it's like mm-hmm. when you're we we don't even pass a plate at Grace, but if you're at, in a church and and you're like I'm not giving and I feel guilty for that, mm. like that can be a heart indicator of saying, oh, hmm, why am I not giving? Mm-hmm. I should want to give mm-hmm. God help my heart be right and the action be right. If that makes sense. Or mm-hmm. like driving, we were, I was talking about driving by people on the corner and there's that tug too of like, I want my kids to see me being generous. Mm. And there's the fake thing, the temptation of being fake is say, I just want them to think I'm generous. Right. Or there's mm-hmm. the real thing of like, I actually want to be generous and them to see that. But that initial tug isn't necessarily wrong i don't think that that Mm -hmm. that visible moment of uh man i want to be the kind of person they see doing that like that doesn't necessarily have to be wrong but you need to finish going deeper and deeper and deeper down to what are my motivations and who am i actually being and um not just want to put a mask on but want to have the right the right Mm -hmm. generous face (laughs) under the mask does that make sense yeah i mean we we talked about that a lot too in our Mm -hmm. group was it says it talks a lot about being done in secret, but some people it, it's your job to be done mm-hmm. in public, whether mm-hmm. that's being a parent or an example mm-hmm. to you know younger believers or mm-hmm. pastors or whatever. Like some of it is done knowing I'm doing this in order to teach. Also, I guess mm-hmm. was kind of mm-hmm. where we got to. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but then we did go back on like, well, it's pretty interesting though because he's directly attacking the Pharisees who would have for sure thought it is my job to mm-hmm, teach and mm-hmm. to show as an example. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 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 I think the Bible clearly encourages setting an example. And so you have to say, okay, it's not always wrong to do things visibly and set an example. When is it wrong? You know? And so I think here he's talking about a way in which it's definitely wrong is when the whole reward and the whole motivation is, is to be seen and to be approved by others. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think, especially with kids, you just have to set an example. You know, like you just yeah. have to show them stuff. Um, and I think, I think I mentioned last night the Jesus talking about when he washed his disciples' feet. He, he says it. He's like, "I've done this thing that you're now supposed to do for it. Like I've just taught you this by showing you." Um, so it makes me think of the uh, what's the scripture? It is God who works in you both to will and to do according to His good purposes. I've been aware of that, the will to do it and the doing of it. And so there is a very real sense that there's a separation of right acting and right motivation. Hmm. And there is still that trap. We've probably heard all people, a lot of people say, I can't do this for the right reasons because I'm not going to do it. You know, Uh, if I, if I, you know, if I actually led this lesson, I would be all for my glory. So I'm not going to lead the lesson or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I just keep thinking in my head, it's helpful to, to separate the two and say like, you should do both things. And, and it, it is bad to do, to do the action for the wrong reason, but it doesn't make the action bad. It makes your motives bad. Is that, is that a fair distinction? Like, or also in this passage later, when you fast, don't do it this way, do it this way. So again, you're going to be fasting. Just, just do that. Right. Yeah. Or it's like, there's an assumed, like you're doing the right action yeah. and you need to be careful because the motivations are a gift from God that you need to pray for and, and lean in mm-hmm. on because it's him who works in you for both things. But yeah. don't cut off the doing because of the willing is wrong. Does that make well, sense? I think that's a great charge to people that have seen abuse in the church and have given up on church and said, because sometimes church is done badly. I don't want to do church. And I would say, no, do it right. You know, like we need you. You are the church. You know, if you believe in Jesus, you have no option. You have to just, yeah. you, you, are, you belong to him. So you got to do it right. Yeah. And we need both. We need grace for both things and we have it. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of, I, I guess my feeling is like, get in there and get messy mm-hmm. and keep praying and, and being dependent on God. Like yeah. go in and start doing it and pray for the right motivations and heart behind it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the other thing to add in is something Lisa talked about last night was, mm-hmm. you know, the verse, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So there it's, it's the tug of war that we're always mm-hmm. playing with a lot of ideas from scripture of like, okay, so when do I figure out is the right time for this? And when's the right time for that? And mm-hmm. this is not how you play tug of war, but whatever. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. And part of that is the problem of the person seeing. Yeah. Do, do they recognize that as God working through you or do they just give glory to you mm-hmm. for what you've done and, and mm-hmm. forget that, wait a minute, you mm-hmm. did that because he loves mm-hmm. God because God loves him. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the best ways that that plays out is on a Sunday after you've done something in the service, whether it's preaching or playing or singing, and somebody comes up and they're like, oh, great, great sermon today. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, the band was on point. Mm-hmm. Like how you deal with that, too, is also yes. also what matters. Because somebody might see your good deeds and come glorify you. But then mm-hmm. what do you do? Right. And. I say, how dare you? That was God and not me. Do you smack them and sprinkle water (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it strikes me, too, just how how this really is related to personality Mm. and and these desires. Like, I'm an introvert that doesn't ever want to be on a stage. And so I I just, God has blessed me with the not having a temptation of like, man, I'm going to be great up there today. I'm like... God help me. I'm going to survive this. You Hopefully know? not ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, there is, mm. but I, it just, it does strike me that there is, there's a way you, you can find yourself having built an entire ministry around your own visible, mm-hmm. what you look like, what people think of you. And you, and then at some point that's a trap and you can't, it's hard to get out of back out of. So mm-hmm. we're kind of talking about this as a, as a neutral territory and what do you do when you haven't already built up a pattern of this thing mm-hmm. but man it takes grace and and repentance to to get out of this place of mm-hmm. i've built a whole me-centered life really so you know? like i'm gonna turn the tables and interview yeah. the three of you Ooh, are there any uh, things you <laughs> are do you do you have any practices that you're just like oh this is a thing i do to try to keep that in check in in my ministry you know you guys all serve people in different ways any little things you've said i will do this and i won't do that you know they may not be something that everybody else has to do but i mean i think i have purposed it in my mind that anytime anybody tells me good job for anything Mm -hmm. on sunday the first words in my mouth are like praise god or Mm -hmm. something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i like there was a point in time that i was like i need to make sure Mm -hmm. because it's okay to say thank you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. things like that like i don't think that's wrong but Mm -hmm. i think that's one thing that i put on pretty early was like the first two words are going to be praise God when somebody says you did a great job or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was that's the good. first step. I don't know if that's yeah, that's good. Super practical or not? But that's good. Huh. I just realized how that's a, another funny backwards thing. So for me, I would tend to ha- say something de- self-deprecating, but that's back in that same land of. Uh, so in the past, I would do this, and I realized that's in the same land of, oh, I'm me-centered. Mm-hmm. Everything's about me, and so I need mm-hmm. to talk about how not great I am, but that's still talking about me. So huh. I, so from my personality and my angle, I'm just like, thank you so much. That that was fun. Thanks for mm-hmm. singing with us, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
Um, and so, yeah, does that make sense? Like, and I think you could totally say yeah, that too. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, and mine, I don't remember who said it. It was probably like freshman year of college. I'm playing in a band that people are coming up to and mm-hmm. some, some older, wiser person said, Hey, find a way to reflect yeah. glory. Totally. So I guess it's different between reflecting glory and deflecting mm-hmm. glory. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think your way is totally great. I just, I realized I think, how I ended up where I ended up was, well, I think your way yeah. is valid too though, right? You could say something like praise God. Thanks for joining. That was really yeah. fun. You know, like, yeah. and you're reflecting and deflecting. Maybe that's even better. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this, we've and kind then, of gotten off the vein of generosity. Jim was going to speak. Jim, Jim, Jim. Like Chris's, I, mm-hmm. I recognized that I was afraid to receive appreciation for things, afraid to acknowledge that, you know, I was, God had given me gifting to do certain things. And so it's much easier for me to say, Thank you, Hart. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then to try and you know play it down like oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a really weird thing. Yeah. Oh. I think I'll say one thing just as far as not just personally, but in the ministry too. I, I try to make a, a point, and I've failed many times, but with when we're preparing for serving, of of taking time to slow down and pray and read scripture and pray the scripture, and for our team, I think that's a really important like. Okay, this is not about our appearance. This mm-hmm. is this is something bigger. There's a lot more happening than just us doing the right thing and looking good. Mm-hmm. There's a just, even just remembering. There's a spiritual aspect of it. But back to back to the point. But yeah, I think that has been really helpful. So even when I pray mm-hmm. for our team at the beginning, I'll pray a psalm. So it's not just my words of like, here's Chris's great thought of the day. It's like God giving me words to pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually wasn't going to force us back to generosity. What I was going to say is it's all kind of tied into the whole sermon. I know normally we go generosity or we go point one, point two, point three. I was going to say all of it is very tied and it kind of was for us at small group last night too Mm -hmm. where we were like, oh, we've talked about everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I I guess I was going to say maybe we could talk a little more and then we could just do a couple specific generosity, a couple prayer specific and it made me lose my train of thought. I have been forcing myself to write down when I have a thought that I want to bring up later, and mm-hmm. I lost it. But, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think being genuine and focused on giving God glory and, I guess, reflecting and deflecting can also allow more freedom in expression, etc. right? Like, I think we've talked some about specifically the worship team and being more expressive and et cetera. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we might not want to do that because we're like, oh, well, it's going to bring glory to me or, oh, it's going to draw eyes to me. And I don't know. I just feel like you would know better than I would, but mm-hmm. that there's a unique place for the team to be more expressive. And, you know, you get that in some individuals mm-hmm. up there and some who aren't. But I would just say, if you're listening and you're on the team, part of being real and genuine and authentic is being expressive. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good good question. I think it brings me back to the thing I've talked with the worship team about, and it, um, the, uh, the way I say it is the three realities. And so there's there's always three three people involved in any interaction, whether we recognize it or not. There's me, there's you, and there's God. And I think what we we tend to have problems with is when we 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 forget the God reality, right? We're thinking just solely this back and forth between me and you. So for mm-hmm. a worship team, that'd be us and the congregation. Mm-hmm. And so we're just aiming our songs at them and mm-hmm. judging their response back to us and forgetting the whole spiritual reality of God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so for specifically for any interaction of like seeking your own glory, that really is forgetting or, or, or just being completely a people pleaser and, I'm, I'm just completely focused on this person's response. That's forgetting that God is the bigger reality, right? That was mm-hmm, what I wrote mm-hmm. down when you were preaching, Dave, of like this, this pattern of, do I believe that God is the bigger reality or people and their, their opinion of me is the bigger reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pattern of life that you have to be very aware of, I think. And yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does that kind of answer? What, <laughs> what yeah, yeah. And mean, so there's that like Keller type mm-hmm. self forgetfulness when there's a God reality. You're like, oh man, you and you and I are so tiny comparatively. So I can just mm-hmm. forget about what 
in a sense, I can still serve you and say, yeah, you're a part of this interaction, the yeah. people down here. And you can say, I'm here to help you sing. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you see God. But what I'm doing and what you're doing is like a shadow mm-hmm. compared to the glory of God. And so we're just safe in this moment of, man, he's huge. Yeah. Remember that. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do a bad job and play a bad chord. Good thing you can't just be looking at me, but there's a whole reality of what God has made and done and is that's going to yeah. be. Well, I'd say that's yeah. what got me excited to, to teach God's word was this knowing that God was at work in that, you know, like God yeah. works through the teaching of his word. And that really got me excited. So I will um, typically I just say thanks, you know, like. On the Sunday, it's it's a, a line of you know usually a lot of people and thank you thank you you know I'll just say thank you and but if I have time I'll kind of bring people into oh well that's really helpful that's really encouraging for me to like you're helping me see God at work like thank you for encouraging me because I get discouraged and I yeah. feel like oh nothing happened or I just messed up everything so I'm glad to hear that that God was helping you or that you you know understood God's word or whatever. Um, and so even this discussion is helping me think that through again. Like, well, I could, I could highlight more the the godness, the deflecting mm-hmm. or reflecting God's glory mm-hmm. better. Um, but yeah, I think it's easy to to forget that it's communal. So part of how we know God is at work is communally reflecting that to each other too. You know, like the interaction be- between each yeah. other. Got to angle the chairs together. Mm, yeah, <laughs> church well, in the round. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quaker Church. One Mike Church. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> if you'd stop texting your mother for a minute, I'm just My kidding. sister. I'm just kidding. Anne says, oh, hi, tell Anne. Chris and Joey howdy. Happy birthday. Aww. She means to say hello to you as well, Jim. I think she didn't realize you're in here. So. Hi, Anne. Howdy. Hello, Anne. Thank <laughs> you. Holler. 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 Love you. Two good All right. Well, I want to talk specifically about generosity. Uh, and how we can be generous. I, th- I want to say you mentioned it, but you got basically no notes for generosity, so that's great. Um, <laughs> I'm stealing Dave's notes because I didn't bring mine. I've got my uh, picture. I've got my, my quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you talked about you have to basically have your house in order to be generous. Hmm. Um, did you talk about that, or is that something different? I did. He did that was talk last about week. Cleaning and really having mar- oh, oh, margin. Yeah, yeah. Margin, yeah. yeah. Cleaning and tithing instead yeah. of the two Old Testament models. And I think that's, I mean, we talked about it last night. You, If you are so uh, caught up in everything that you want and all the things that you in our consumeristic society are tempted to have, mm-hmm. it leaves little room for you to be generous to other people. And so uh, kind of planning your life, looking at, you know, where are the places where I can not do this, not buy that, gives opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the thing Larry Burkett, who died a long time ago, mm-hmm. said, every financial decision is a spiritual decision. Mm-hmm. And if I think of it that way, when I'm looking at all the junk on Facebook Marketplace that I can buy. <laughs> you love often, you some Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I, I cruise through there a lot. But there's a lot of saying, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just me lusting after stuff. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... <laughs> I have so many ideas. <laughs> Shoot them out. So fasting is related to giving, right? You're in right. a sense fasting from the things you could buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kelsey, our nursery director, emailed me and I haven't had time to respond to it yet, but kind of read through it. So here's your response, Kelsey. Here's your response, Kelsey. <laughs> uh, it's that feasting is related to fasting as well, right? Like we, we can only feast well if we're fasting, you know, like all, so all these things relate to each other. So in our culture, we're kind of a feasting culture, which means we're not really feasting. You know, like it's not mm. it's not really feasting to the glory of God. It's just it's just gluttony. Mm. But if we were to fast, then we could feast. You know, like if we were to give, then we could enjoy the things we buy, I would argue. You know, like mm. those things all work together. Mm, that's good. That made me think of a random thing I'll stick in here. I had this idea of what if when we fast we like prepared all our same meals but mm-hmm. gave away each meal wouldn't that be yeah, such a yeah, cool yeah. like well, mm-hmm. dave said yeah. last night that uh which is dumb so don't do it <laughs> but dave said last oh, night yeah. that every i know i'm just kidding <laughs> that uh 
Uh, that every time, if you're going to fast from like Starbucks, for instance, mm-hmm. every time that you would want a Starbucks or you would go to get a Starbucks instead, buy like a $3 and 95 house Starbucks cost. I don't do Starbucks. Too much. Yeah. Buy a $37 right. HEB gift card right. and give it to a homeless person on the side street or somebody mm. who's in need, mm-hmm. you know, like. Cool. Uh, that's that's yeah. like another same same type of idea. Yeah. And then I joked that I'm not going to do it, but those of you with the gift of administration should try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Good. yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe it was just something, the gleaning part that you said that made me think of it. But yeah, mm-hmm. having your house in order is important. Yeah. So uh, I know sometimes we do Financial Peace University. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Is that something we're doing currently soon? No, do we have anything planned? Again? We do not, because our primary instructor for that is, is deployed. deployed. <laughs> ah. uh, but we need to do it like every year at least. Yeah. And I hope that we can. Yeah. It's a basic budgeting class. It's Dave Ramsey's budgeting class. And we, we did, I think I did Larry Burkett's thing back in the day. And there's a lot of them. But yeah, I think the idea is if you get your house in order, if you, if you get on a decent budget, then you can give, spend, enjoy. You know, you can fast and feast better. Yeah, I think that's so related to... Um, you know, they talk about letting the Holy Spirit lead you. Mm-hmm. And so in worship leading circles, that means don't plan ahead. <laughs> Too often it means don't plan ahead. Just in the moment, just do whatever happens. Um, but there's a lot of good pushback on that of saying, you can get yourself to a place where you have prepared and you're ready to give. So with mm-hmm. with the people on the street corner, we talked about the small group, like, you can have bags ready and you can have already set aside a budget category for giving. And so at that moment, you're more free Mm -hmm. to be generous because you've, you've made it a part of your life. I'm going to be generous. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's actually a a lot more, again, freeing to do that instead Mm -hmm. of saying, Oh my gosh, I have no money left over after I paid for Netflix. <laughs> Can I give to this person? You know, and like. Wait, there are some people who actually pay for their Netflix <laughs> Wait, There's only one Netflix account we all log into. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, sorry. I'm yeah. But I, I, I do think budgeting is important, not just in giving, right? We're talking mm-hmm. budgeting your prayer, budgeting mm-hmm. your yeah. fasting too. Yeah. Like. Uh, we talked, I mean, it's all just so connected together. So I want to, I want to move mm-hmm. more specifically to prayer cause we're 40 ish, 44 minutes in. Mm. We've got a meeting in, wait, I'm still getting birthday is time moving slowly or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> time always moves. I thought we were right? so much closer to 12 o'clock than we were. <laughs> we're good. Never mind. We're going to stay here for another, uh, 30, 26 minutes. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> prayer. I want to talk about prayer mm-hmm. specifically related to this. So we've talked about um, giving a little bit. I want to talk about prayer a little bit. Um, I, I don't really know what I want to talk about other than are we going to start saying the Lord's Prayer more? Are we going to move into looking at catechesis more? Is that something that we should be doing, shouldn't be doing? So uh, in context, not Chris, in context, Dave is pretty anti-high church, anti-liturgy, anti-etc., but recognizes that sometimes it's good, Right. And sometimes some things are good and beneficial. You, t- <laughs> Nope, he doesn't. He I would not it. say anti. I would say usually isn't that way, but I don't think he's yeah. anti it. I'm not anti. I'm just, yeah. yeah. It's not my experience and not my training. Uh, no, that's I, fine. I'm anti, I'm anti the authority of liturgy. So that's where I fight on it. I have a lot sure. of young guys come up or like, liturgy is the best and it'll save the world. And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely open to it. I mean, and you would even say that there's mm-hmm. benefits to it. There's good things to it. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know exactly, but so I don't know exactly where I'm getting to other than I think there's a lot of benefit to it, mm-hmm. to catechizing our children, to yeah. memorizing prayers, to memorizing scripture. I mean, that's all biblical discipleship, right? Yes. It's when we elevate it to a next level of craziness. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm just wondering something simple like the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. that's kind of, even you talked about in your sermon, like almost abused, right? Oh, the mm-hmm. football coach just said... Mm-hmm. And let us pray, our Father in heaven, and mm-hmm. whatever. I was just wondering where we, as Grace Bible Church, maybe should look into it, and and where we have we have in some places. Um, I don't know if there's any benefit to. Um, I was gonna say rot, but I don't know if that's even the right word. But just memorized things that we repeat. Rote. Rote. I knew my brain was almost there. <laughs> so close. Um. 
Yeah, I think part of the dynamic is, is temperamental. Chris and I don't like repetition. So you've got the two main leaders of our public gatherings are not pro-repetition people. So, um, But I do see the benefit. And that we incorporated that into our child rearing. So things that I see as essential for raising children don't rise to the same degree of like, oh, we've got to do this in our weekly worship service, in my mind. Um, do you- Sorry. Do you think mm-hmm. that our weekly worship service is somewhat raising some children, though? Like that's part of the goal mm-hmm. of it, even mm-hmm. if, or should be at least part of the goal of it. I mean, we're not the main raiser of your children, yeah. But we are. Our stated goal is to come alongside and mm-hmm. to help, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I'm just wondering if if that should be more included. As an example of, like, you should be doing this at home, or this well, is what family I guess, worship would look like. Yeah, I think, I guess for me, by definition, memorization stuff happens every day. It doesn't happen once a week. So I guess that's what part of the way I think about it, you know? So it's like, there are things I might be memorizing. If I'm memorizing scripture, I'm going to be drilling it multiple times during the day, not just show up once a week. And yeah, but if you it. don't get a push once a week in it, mm-hmm. are you going to even know that that's a thing? Or, you know, like... We probably have people who come who wouldn't even know, like, mm-hmm. oh, there's question and answers that I can memorize about our faith, or, oh, there's mm-hmm. key verses that maybe I should know and memorize. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's a great discussion. I will say, as far as mm-hmm. the the service goes, we're very repetitive in our structure. Like, mm-hmm. especially, you know, I get to meet together with other worship pastors, and I'm just very aware of like, mm-hmm. we are not. Yeah, some some churches move around how many songs they do, where, what kind of songs. The whole structure of the service go, comes and goes. So I would say, in a way, we are very middle of the road liturgically mm-hmm. as far as we do the same kind of things and tell the same kind of story. It's still a great question yeah. about the the speaking and the mm-hmm. and the catechisms and the back and forth reading. Um, but I, I would just put that there as like I was just having that thought in that conversation of and the the number of songs we sing so just if you're out there and you're like man i'm so tired of singing the same songs Mm -hmm. well this may not always be the same but i tried to limit how many songs we have to to in order to catechize a bit right i can't speak today yeah that's Mm -hmm. okay in our discography discography our repertoire yeah yeah, (laughs) our our song list Yeah. yeah Um, and I may change that. I've been having yeah. discussions with people about maybe we've gone too far into just singing the same songs. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a great question. I don't know. I it, think I, I think I talk about scripture memory a lot, and I yeah. repeat verses and encourage. You know, we do repeated call to worships. We we pick those on purpose because they're good key scriptures to memorize. Um, encourage people to memorize scripture. Uh, in our structure, we see memorization discipleship and catechism is something that happens in small groups i think generally you know like one-on-one relationships and i know our children's ministry has done stuff like that on and off and i don't demand that they do it all the time you know so i'm like i don't even know if they're doing it right now i'm not sure uh i don't have that level of detail some of it too i I, I, in our again in our services Mm -hmm. is probably a style thing we Mm -hmm. i feel like we've got a bunch of brand new believers we've got Mm -hmm. both ends of the spectrum we've got very super educated long-time christians and they've got yeah. a lot of so brand new believers most of them are either coming from a low church background mm-hmm. and there's this style of high church catholic feeling thing that that both ends of the spectrum kind of f- react allergically to mm-hmm. so we've had that conversation even the little mm-hmm. the little back and forth call and response things that we've done years ago there was a kind of a, oh no, what is this? Are we, you know, are we binding consciences and now it's becoming this thing? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I think some of it is also us trying to read our context and saying, are these people who mm-hmm. that makes them come alive or this is completely foreign? And that's still, again, not a hard, fast rule, like just because they're not familiar with it, we won't ever do it. But yeah. I do think that's where our instinct has lied. Does you agree? So. Like, yeah, and like, and we we did memory verses. I don't know if we were doing it when you first came, but yeah, we did. We've gone down memory this verses yeah. in church. We did. I mean, we've tried a lot of these things over the years, and yeah, I just thought, hmm, I don't know if that's really working, or I don't know if that's really having an effect. Yeah, you know that we would want it to have. I think uh, you mentioned the New City Catechism is a really yeah, good one. Last week, yeah. Recommend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's new to me. So some of this is like. I guess I've kind of backed off as the younger generation is coming up and saying, here are all the great things to catechize with. I'm like, cool, go for it. You know, like, uh, mm. 
So I'm happy to let the next generation that's raising their children carry that. For us, we used the children's version of Westminster and we used uh, Awana, which is catechesis through scripture memory. You know, it's like yeah. you have a question, you answer it with scripture, which I would say is the best. It's just a little harder to pull off sometimes. So. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's all kind of in light of, I don't really know exactly, but I guess maybe like initiation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really, like the church used to be like, all right, you got to be in discipleship for like a year. And then when you come for your baptism, you know, before you get baptized, you got to be in, in catechesis for a year and catechism training for a year. Mm-hmm. And then when you come to be catechized, you got to stand from the church and like say the Apostles' Creed and mm-hmm. the Lord's Prayer and whatever. And I'm just wondering, you know, we've we've for sure lost all of that. Mm-hmm. Us. I'm just wondering if there's somewhere where we have to say, like, we should say, like, oh, yeah, someone wants to be baptized and... We think that's that's good and great, and they're on the right track. And yes, we we could and should and would mm-hmm. baptize you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But now let's let's start a purposeful discipleship program. I mean, that's almost mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. idea behind our partnership program that we're working towards. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If that's a good point. I mean, I think it's we're definitely open to it. Still, like I said, we've tried a lot of different things. I think part of this is: are we an educational program or are we a spiritual practices following Jesus program. So I think we lean on the, we would teach people to read the Bible and pray, not memorizing the creed and the the prayer, you know? So I think some of that's maybe more information. Catechesis is a little more informational. There are key information pieces that you're going to drill. Whereas we want to, with our current model, we're inviting people into community life, reading the Bible together with others, confessing your sins, praying, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say the catechism, especially New mm-hmm. City Catechism, does a really good job of this, of mm-hmm. of saying, yeah, that's that's the base layer for sure, and don't mm-hmm. get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And then you add on this for New City Catechism, it's one question a week. For a lot of them, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. One question a week, it's a question and answer that's kind of like the doctrine or the theology behind mm-hmm. Scripture and gives you Scripture references for it. So the goal is that you're memorizing you know, what is our hope in life and death? Mm-hmm. That we're not our own, we belong to God. Mm-hmm. And then you have the scripture reference that backs it up, or mm-hmm. two, or three, or four. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the goal, is so that you can have, you know, a quick answer. It's almost apologetic, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about that more. All of the above. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Go yeah. for it. Love it. Start for it. sure. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not just start. I mean, it's things yeah. that, like you said, we've been doing mm-hmm. in our children's ministry, yeah. Things that we took to Jordan when we went on our Jordan trip last mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. things that we're doing in our homes. I guess my question was, if we think it's good and beneficial, is there a place for it in our service? And and we don't have to talk more well, on that. But I'll say one one thing that's come up a lot when we talk about even art in the service and types of music in the service. It very much relates. Of I would I would say to the church people listening now that the service is not the only place for everything that is helpful. Yeah. There's going to be things that, that that are most helpful that we choose to put in the service. And this is not even excluding that we'll ever do catechism. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. uh, just be careful in your mindset that to say, if it doesn't happen in the service, it's not good and true and useful and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, like, like say the music thing, it's like there are personal testimonial songs of God's goodness that we'll never sing with 300 people on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And there's a functional reason for that. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not ruling out catechism. I, it sounds like I am. I'm, I'm very much saying I love that. And maybe we'll do that someday. But the bigger thing I'm saying is don't ever think because it doesn't happen on a Sunday morning, it's never useful in all of life. That that's a thing I would add on is, is just there's, yeah. there's going to be a very narrow, elements of things that make it on a Sunday morning and mm-hmm. and it, it will never be the full breadth of what is helpful to Christians. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. sure. again, it's not a rea- reaction to catechism. I'm saying that made me think of, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's so much more that we can do and enjoy during the week. You know, we can't include a walk through nature and praying to God on a Sunday morning. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you should still you do say that. we can't, like, but we, I mean, <laughs> we no, should. I mean, really, yeah. but we actually yeah. can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's our choice. So right? maybe I'll put uh, it this way. We probably won't. We could. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what so, I mean. We so Christ Community could. Church, we planted yeah. their mm-hmm. Good Friday service yeah. is yeah. walking through nature and praying. You know, sure. That's amazing. Stations and praying. So, but anyways, it was, it's not the regular not Sunday. Like, yeah. 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 But, yeah. but it, I mean, it, 
could be, I guess. Technically. Yes, so, totally. So that's to be. your point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's something that's good. That, I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I'd say our educational model is expository preaching. And then everything else is kind of like cool extra stuff we filter in. And it generally happens in groups of twos, threes, and fours. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we are doing the catechism and my wife loves it too. So just yeah. again, to hammer that home, like we, we yeah, do, yeah. we're not yeah. anti. Yeah. No, I mean, my yeah. question was just, should yeah. we be doing more of that on a Sunday, whether yeah. that's mm-hmm. in the service or maybe in the Sunday school, etc., or in our towards baptism or yeah. towards communion program or partnership program. The why we know. stopped was it felt like we were trying to do too much education in the service. It felt like we were saying, we need more, we need more, we need more. And like we were adding layers and layers and layers. Can't educate too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Authentic fasting, we've got 14 minutes before our next meeting. I've been thinking the whole time yes, the, the interrelationship between giving to someone else, mm-hmm. going back to God and acknowledging you're the one that gives to me mm-hmm. and talking to him and then taking something away from ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that whole idea, that it, I'm just mm-hmm. fascinated how Jesus did that in that linear fashion. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, and if we keep on, you know, if we keep on following it, not that we should always do them in that sequence, but mm-hmm. it just interests me that, you know, that's what he talks about. You mm-hmm. give to others because God gave to you. You talk to your God because he's good to you. And you take things away from yourself so you can appreciate God more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And it costs something. Yeah. It costs you something because it costs God something. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I think as Americans, we're trying to find the silver bullet of like, it's a painless, effortless, mm. it just flows, you know, and that's, that's a strange fairy tale. We tell, I think sometimes like, mm. which brings another layer. What did it cost God? Yeah. Right? So central to the whole thing is talking to God and acknowledging what it cost him to have us be in this position where we could be doing these things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Well, I, I do want to spend a few minutes on fasting. I don't know exactly what I want to spend it on, but I think it's the least likely or the least popular thing out of mm. all of these three things, right? So mm. giving, it generally everyone gives in some shape or fashion. You might not give monetarily, you might serve, you know, there's, mm. there's lots of different options for giving. Mm. Lots of people at least pray a little bit, I would imagine. And I, I would say probably maybe it's just our generation, you know, I don't know exactly, but fasting probably doesn't happen that much. So I'm wondering maybe if there's like, I don't know, quick start guide to fasting or why fasting important other than obviously it's commanded in scripture and do it. Was, was it a cultural, did you talk about this? Was it a cultural thing back then even? And so he's just taking the cultural thing and adapting it. Like, I don't know. Ideas on fasting or is that too many questions at one time and not really clear? Yeah. Uh, quick start guide. We I think we produced one that's very short. The the resurrection prayer guide has some information and guidance on uh, fasting. Is on in fasting, there? and then I would say the best I've read beyond that is in the Habits of Grace by what's his name? Do you remember Mathis? Mathis. Mathis. The Habits of Grace by Mathis. So I would start, especially in our own church, because it's easy to get the resurrection prayer guide. The little intro has some information on fasting, and then. Mathis's book, The Habits of Grace, and I think we're such an overfed society that it just kind of doesn't even occur to us. It just seems crazy to fast, whereas in the ancient world and in other cultures, people are used to going without food. You know, like it's it's a it's a muscle people exercise more often. They either exercise it for the glory of the God or they exercise it because they have to, but either way, they're used to going without. So I think that's part of why I think it's so foreign to us is I'm going to back up my question a little bit I think it was very uncommon it's now becoming in fashion though to Mm. do like intermittent Mm. fasting or like Mm. one mil one mil a day fasting yeah yeah and I I guess I'm wondering like aside from from that lane most people Mm. have probably never done it so can anyone give like a like uh, I, I guess what it looks like to fast and why would fast like 
is it a sun up to sundown thing? Is it like a three week long thing? What are we actually talking about? Mm-hmm. Or is it this mm. big broad category? I think that's part of the problem. We're not com- we're not commanded other than the heart. We're never given what you just asked for. Never given in scripture. It what's given in scripture is the heart. Guard your heart when you do it. So. There's just lots of wisdom of, well, I've tried this and I've tried that. And people that fast say this and other people say that, you know, so I think it's just a lot of kind of passed on wisdom of you might try it this way. The the way I communicate it to people is it's got to be something you're giving up that that you notice. (laughs) That's so easy. It's valuable to you. Yeah. If if there's no value to it, it's kind of pointless. See, it's got to be something that makes you twitch or you feel it where there's some kind of... Like I could fast from McDonald's all day long (laughs) and it won't matter (laughs) because I couldn't tell you last time. I'm never going to eat a McRib again. It's already been 30 years. Uh, But I'm joking. I like McRibs. But... um, But I don't eat them every day. I believe. (laughs) Barbecue cardboard. Yeah, there we go. Um... So, yeah, I think, but the other side of it is it's not about whipping yourself and, like, hurting yourself. So, it's got to be something valuable you're giving up, but it's also not, the point is not how much pain you can endure, you know? So, so what what is the point then? Yeah, that's that's where I wanted to get yeah, to. Yeah, so the point is something you're going without, the way I think about it is something that would otherwise fill and satisfy you so that you might think you have enough and you're okay without God. And so when you go without this thing, if you're giving up coffee or you're, you're just giving up one meal a day, let's say that's a good entry level fasting, skipping one meal a day, you feel hungry. When you feel that hunger, just re- repeating what Jesus said in, in the desert with the serpent or with the tempter, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, just kind of reciting, oh, I need I need God more than I need this food. I'm not really going to die without this food. I just feel dis- discomfort. You know, I'm uncomfortable. I'm hungry. Yeah. Man, I really want to eat. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to meditate. And it's like a muscle that you're exercising. Yeah. Another way to say that, too, to put it maybe in a, in a there's just the other angle on it is it's it's anti-idolatry i think it's mm-hmm. like the ultimate thing like what is idolatry it's taking something that's good and making it ultimate mm-hmm. and so again in the um in this fasting sense you're saying you're taking something i tend to think as ultimate and and taking it away so i can see god is mm-hmm. ultimate and this thing is not ultimate it is just yeah. it's just a good thing um i had a few quick bullet points too of just total random chris wisdom not again not scriptural mm-hmm. guidance or anything but uh uh I, like you said dave f- so one big thing for me was it's not about the pain it's mm-hmm. not about pain is spiritual and and pleasure is unspiritual mm-hmm. no all good things are from god and so it is it is going without in order to so it's it's putting aside one joy for the greater joy like mm-hmm. like that pattern yeah. we see with jesus mm-hmm. so it's not about stoicism um I also love that goes along with that. I think there's a pattern we've seen in tradition of the church of making Sunday, like in the Lent season, making mm-hmm. Sunday a feast day. So during the week, you can go without a thing. And then on Sunday, you enjoy it and you have a special enjoyment of it because so you can either do that for the whole season and then on Easter, re-enjoy it. Or every week you can go without and then on Sunday, every each Sunday leading up, you enjoy mm-hmm. it, if that makes sense. So every I love Sunday's that. Easter. What's that? Every Sunday is Easter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that pattern again because it's not just, oh, I'm going to fully embrace and I'm not just getting Jesus points because of how long and terrible this is. It's like a, a rhythm and a mm. like it keeps you aware of the process sort of. Um, I think uh, also uh, comfort food is a great way to think about that. Like we really do go to food for comfort. So specifically fasting for food, mm. realizing how often you reach for food to to anesthetize yourself from whatever pain or stress you're feeling Mm -hmm. and and it's hard and that's why fasting can be hard because it makes you deal with these these emotions and stresses that you have without just like Mm -hmm. i'm just going to taste something good and that really does shut down my my worry brain or something um and then the last thing i was going to say is just um i've i've heard of like there's people that really have to be careful on a health side of things when you're talking about food and you have to watch out for blood sugar. And, you know, so mm-hmm. there's also just different layers of this. And I've heard of people like who will just drink grape juice. If they're doing the food thing for a day, they'll drink grape juice to keep their blood sugar up. So that's just a like really practical little option. Mm-hmm. Just be careful out there, you know, but, um, 
And again, we've talked about it, it doesn't have to be food, but food mm-hmm. is one of our idols in our culture. And so I think that's mm-hmm. that's one really big option. And you know you can. I mean, I've done a in high school I was crazy and fasted for a week and I'm not dead. So that was me. <laughs> and and it was a it was a pretty spiritual experience. So um mm. don't don't just write off food because um because there are other things you could do either, I guess I would say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read an article about some monks who invented a beer when they were fasting. Hmm. So they could, it was like super nutritious and like had lots of, anyways, funny. Interesting. I'd have to look that up again, but, uh, <laughs> but I probably won't. Um, I, I think the other thing that you're talking about that ties it in before we get to you, Jim, is is the, sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't see it until I saw his hand. I'm already mid sentence. Uh, uh, we we've lost like the the same type of uh, I don't really know that that's the right word. Uh, so talking about food being comfort, we've kind of made phones or the internet a comfort also. Oh yeah. And so that's that's kind of taken away maybe from prayer or from I don't know if giving so much, but it's it's a very similar relation keeping everything tied together to. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be, I have free time. Let me let my mind ponder, you know, things of God or wander mm-hmm. or pray. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oop, let me check, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, yeah. So I don't know if that's yeah. tied. And and when we're talking fasting, food is often the initial implication, but that's not. We would say you could fast from other things too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry. Yeah. James. Chris just pointing at me. So <laughs> I heard you. I saw you open your mouth a bit. So I had to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Deep fast breath. from breathing. That's the. That's <laughs> the <laughs> yes. All right, other thoughts, comments, crazy. Yeah, I think Three a good way to think about it is: Do I have an unthinking habit? Mm. So that that would tie together anesthetizing with food or with phone or internet or movies. One of those, maybe both of those in some way, but just is there an unthinking habit? I want to check it, you know. And and you've said this before too. Make sure to have a positive pursuit that you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. So it's not just a taking away; it is a pursuing mm-hmm. of God. And so, yeah. so I think it really is helpful to have mm-hmm. ahead of time. If I'm going to fast from a thing, it's not just oh, yeah. good, I'm fasting from food and I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. It is in those moments of hunger. I'm turning to God to satisfy me. And right. in, in those moments of, I really want to grab my phone. It really isn't that great mm-hmm, to just mm-hmm. not grab your phone. Yeah. Y- you need to be Godward in this, in this yeah. thing. So, um, scripture, memory, prayer. Yeah. Praying scripture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. It goes back to reflecting and deflecting mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm. like that same yeah. idea of, am I just doing it to, yeah, and the same idea of doing it in secret, right? And mm-hmm. yeah. making sure when you fast, you clean up and don't look all crazy and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all there. Yeah, it's all there. Yes. Mm. Anything else? That's it. Around we have another meeting to go to. Chance. Happy birthday, Dave. We have and food at the next you. meeting too, so we won't be fasting yeah. during our meeting. Yes, <laughs> we have uh, our pitas, I think. So, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Well, Sorry, for, everybody who's oh. not having that right next. Go ahead. You can. <laughs> you can. They're building a new location in Harker Heights. You see that? I'm just, excited. Just down the street it's a little further. closer to our house. It is closer to your house. <laughs> Comfort food. Yes. It's so good. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings, to submit any questions or comments you might have about our sermons or about our podcast, you can visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, you can visit begrace.org.